Father, we've come to the time in this service when we pause in your presence first to ask your anointing. Anointing which makes preaching effective and makes singing and worship uh, in intense and it makes it uh, fervent and it makes it alive. And we just thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity to sing spiritual songs and make melody in our heart today. And we open the pages of your word, your eternal word. And we ask you to help us today, O Lord, to glean from its pages and its words the truths that will set us free, the truths that will embrace us and encourage our heart, the truths that will instruct us in righteousness. We ask you to bless the word of the Lord today. Anoint me, O God, and help me, Lord, to have clarity, and help me, O Lord, to preach with anointing. In Jesus' great name I pray. Amen and amen. And everybody said amen. 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 We talk about goals that we have for this coming year and, and talk about what we want to accomplish and what we pray that God will accomplish in our hearts in this coming year. God uses people who are submitted to Him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Boy, sacrifice is a great thing. Don't belittle sacrifice. That's a big thing when people sacrifice. But, but the Bible said there's something that is greater than, than sacrifice, and that's obedience. Brother, sometimes being obedient is a, a very difficult thing. Sometimes when you're torn between doing the right thing and uh, taking the easy way out, sometimes there's a challenge there to that. But I want to tell you, it's always good to do the right thing, to do the right thing. It may seem like that's the most difficult thing to do at the moment, but I want to tell you in the long run, doing right pays great dividends. I used to have a a teacher in high school, Miss Johnson, bless her heart, she would always say, I'm going to tell you two words that if you'll follow those words, you'll always have a happy life and you'll always uh, have, have, have peace. I, I said, what's that, Miss Johnson? She said, do right. Do right. You know, it's great when righteous people do right, isn't it? Amen. There was a time when you could tell God's people from unsaved, unconverted people, uh, there, there was a big wide margin there, but that line is not so wide as it used to be. It's not so easy to uh, distinguish God's people in the crowd anymore. It seems like the world has become a little churchy and the church has become a whole lot worldly. And it uh, seems like that we have difficulty with identity. You see, when you lose your identity, you lose your testimony. And when you lose your testimony, you lose your influence. As long as we are in this world, we need to have our influence. I need to have testimony. We need to have a, a, a message to preach, and we need to have a, a, a song to sing that will instruct people in uh, doing right and uh, in knowing the Lord. You know, Pentecost is something I've been in all of my life. I'm a third-generation preacher. My dad was 54 years, and I used to think that was such a long time, but I looked on my certificate, my exhorter certificate, and it was July 29, 1969 was my first credential in the Church of God. Now, those of you who are mathematicians are already adding up and 
how many years does that make? Well, it's about all there with my dad. And my grandfather was an ordained minister for many years, church planter and a revivalist. And so this has been my life always. I've never known what it was like to be outside the parameters of a Christian home and a Pentecostal, you know. I've rode with my dad to revivals when I was a child and, and uh, been there for their, all the altar services. And, hey, this is all I've ever known. But I want to tell you something. I wouldn't change what it is for anything in the world. I'm proud I was raised like I was raised. A lot of people talk about how they were raised and this kind of thing. I just thank God I was raised in a preacher's home. And I thank God that I was raised to love the Lord, to know Him, to know the Word of God. And uh, I, just, I just thank God for the heritage that I have. David said, the lions are falling out from under me in pleasant places. Yea, mine is a goodly heritage. Amen. I think our heritage is a goodly heritage. I really believe that it is. You know, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that there were multitudes of people that were there. Uh, if you read any further, you'll find out that there were 19 nationalities of people that were assembled in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of Pentecost. Pentecost means 50th day. In other words, it's 50th day after the feast of Passover. So there were people in all the inns and all of the staying places, eating places in Jerusalem, and they were all gathered there when this 120 believers came down from out of an upper room, they called it, where they had met and had prayed, being one mind and one accord. I sometimes say that the greatest miracle about Pentecost and uh, the day of Pentecost, uh, it was not that the Holy Spirit fell upon them, it's that they were all in one mind and one accord. Amen. One mind and one accord. I found out God does great things when we're in one mind and one accord. I found out that it's easier to, to, to pray, to sing, to worship when we're in one mind and one accord. And the Bible said they came down out of that upper room and began preaching the gospel to all of those 19 nationalities of people, each one in his native tongue. Wow, what in the world? You see, the gift of tongues is the ability to communicate under the auspices of the Holy Spirit to a person that could not otherwise communicate. Amen. In other words, it's to speak a language and tell of the gospel in a language that you did not learn from a textbook or you did not learn from uh, living in that culture. In other words, God can give you an anointing and a power and an enablement that will give you the opportunity to share Jesus with people who otherwise could not receive that experience. Amen. I'm thankful the Holy Ghost does that kind of stuff, don't you? Amen. That the Spirit of the living God is interested in people receiving a, a, a baptism, first knowing Jesus and then having a baptism. In fact, when Peter preached his great sermon on that day, the Bible said there was 3,000 souls that were added to the church. Just that one sermon, that one occasion, 3,000 souls were baptized. Wow, Natalie, that's a lot of people that come to know the Lord at just one preaching. Amen. Hey, it doesn't matter what the size of the congregation is. It may be 3,000. It may be three. 
But whatever it is, God anoints his word. His word will not return unto him void, and it will accomplish the purpose whereunto it is sent. Well, the Bible tells us that in Acts 4 and 4, that when the magistrates uh, questioned James and John about it, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Well, we've only gone one chapter, and we've already gone from 3,000 to 5,000. 5,000 that had come to know the grace of the Lord. The magistrates said in Acts 4, 17, that it spread no further. They weren't worried about it dying out. They were worried about how far it's going to go and how many it's going to reach. That it spread no further. Let us threaten them that they preach no more in this name. Acts 5, 24, they wondered whereunto it would grow. Acts 6 and 7, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Acts 19 and 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Oh, I would that that would happen in America today. I would that that would happen in our culture, in our and, and our cities and our, our schools. One of the greatest revivals happened right in Sylacauga. Buell Pitts was preaching a revival over there. And young people were going to their lockers every morning before starting classes and kneeling by their lockers and praying and, and seeking the Lord. The revival touched the town. That's real biblical revival, you know, when the revival touches the town. When people that you don't ordinarily reach and you don't ordinarily touch, they get touched when revival fires begin to burn. I, I, I would to God. They wondered where unto it would grow. Wonder. They wondered. I wonder what would happen if Aniston started wondering. I wonder what we would have to do for Aniston to wonder. I wonder what would have to happen in these altars and around this place of worship for Aniston in Oxford, Hobson City, to wonder whereunto it would grow. Whereunto? What, what are the boundaries? How, how far is this going to go? How many people are going to get saved? How many people are going to receive a, a spirit baptism? How, how is that all going to, to happen? Well, it's God's will that everyone be saved. It's God's will that nobody go to hell. It's God's will that the Word of God is preached and people are converted, people are saved, and people are washed, amen, from the filthiness of their sins. Amen. Oh, how this country needs a revival. And oh, how the church needs a revival. How the church needs revival. I've said many times that a world that is in crisis needs a church that is in revival. And I, I must tell you that churches are in trouble across, uh, across America. More church closings than ever in our, in our history. What's going on? What's, what's the matter? Has the adversary stepped up the opposition? Well, I, I would have to say it seems as if he is more determined than ever to stop the church. But I'm wondering if we're more determined than ever to preach the gospel and win the lost. Win the lost. And, you know, the Bible said that when they entered into a certain city, there was no small stir in that city. Oh, I, I wish we could stir up this city. 
I wish we would have a revival that was so intensive, so fervent, that it would stir up this city. I wish we could have a revival that the mayor would call and say, Jerry, what's going on over there? I would to God in this year that we could have a revival that would fill every seat in the house. I would to God that we could have the kind of revival that diseases were healed, that people would lay their hands upon people and pray and people would be healed. I wish we could have the kind of revival that we would have power with God to such a degree that miracles would, would happen. I want to tell you, the world is waiting to see a church that makes a change in people's lives. I believe the world is waiting to see a church that really practices what they preach, that they really believe that what they preach is true out of the Word of God, that He still heals people that have disease, that He still brings life to the lifeless, that He still brings hope to the hopeless, that He still brings cleansing and washing for those who are dirty in trespasses and in sin. I believe our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we're able to think of or to ask in His great name. Do you believe that? Give the Lord a real clan clap of praise. It's God's will that we grow. It's God's will that these pews be, be filled. It's God's will that, that I, I would to God we had a, a person to put in every seat in that choir loft up there. I would to God that we did. I believe with all my heart God's got a purpose for this building. God's got a purpose for all that we do. In fact, the Bible said all things. All things. Work together for good to them that love the Lord. Who are the called according to his purpose? I believe that it was God's will that this building be here. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be here. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it's God's will that we win lost people to God. It's God's will that we accomplish great things for him. It's, it's God's will that we minister on the mission field in, in Africa and in South America and in and, and Asia. It's God's will that we, we do those things and that we go forward. So what do I ex expect then in 2023, Brother Irwin? I expect us to keep on doing what we're doing. Keep on preaching the gospel and keep on singing and making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. Keep on sharing with every available person by every available means at every available time that Jesus saves and Jesus heals. We need to grow in grace. We need to grow in grace. The Bible tells us, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus and to Him be glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Our God is a gracious God. Our God is a, a loving God. Our God is a, a, a God that loves people. He so loved people, the world, that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loves people. That's what drove him to the cross. It's what 
caused them to shed his blood so that lost people could know salvation and know freedom in Jesus Christ. That's what the cross is about. It's what the resurrection is about. It's what the Word of God is about. It's God saying to lost people, I love you and I care about you. Do you mean God cares about everybody? Everybody is a soul for whom Jesus died. Every person, every person is a person that God sent His Son to forgive and to save. Every one of them are people God loves and God cares about. Acts 2 and 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You mean it wasn't just on Sunday morning? No, it wasn't just on Sunday morning. That God... Saves people on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God saves people on any day of the week because it doesn't make any difference what time it is. It doesn't make any difference what the location is. What makes a difference is, is Jesus preached as the way, the truth, and the life. That's what changes lives, and that's what people are waiting for is a gospel and a church and a preacher that will preach salvation through grace, grace through faith. Not by works of righteousness, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. God loves people. God cares about people. And if God's people will humble themselves and pray, then we'll have those kind of revivals again. When I came to Harvest, all of you were talking about a revival that Ernie Miller had preached. He stayed here eight weeks, Brother Ford, in revival at Anniston. Eight weeks, night after night. Listen how quiet. Where's that pen at we drop when we test sound? Eight weeks in revival, night after night after working all day, get ready, go to church, pray at an altar. Wow. I think I've stunned you. You look kind of like I've slapped you in the face with a wet squirrel. You mean we used to do things like people used to, people would farm and they'd follow an old humpback mule all day in a bull tongue plow and come in and wash up and eat a little bit of supper and get a lantern and walk for miles to get to a cottage prayer meeting or get to a seeking service so that they could seek God and could be together to celebrate the goodness of God. You mean... People did that kind of thing, Pastor? Oh, yeah, and walked to get there. I think it was Brother Snyder told me that the first Pentecostal message that came to this country was over around Webster's Chapel and, and Wellington and over in that area. He said, we lived at White Plains. And I, I said, well, how did y'all get all the way to Webster's Chapel? He said, my dad had an old wagon 
and said when it was cold like this in the winter, said my mother would wrap us up in quilts and blankets and we would ride that wagon all the way to Webster's Chapel to go to church once a month. Said we'd have a Pentecostal preacher travel out there once a month and preach and said we'd ride that wagon all the way over there. You probably wouldn't ride a wagon around the corner of the street you live on. But people do that kind of what? Why would people do that? Hungry? 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 I don't know how many revivals I'd preached up Sequatchie Valley there out of Chattanooga. And there was uh, one church up there. Martha would know where it is. She's from that part of the country. And those men had homecoming tables out there. And uh, as an old country church, Randy, and they would come every night early and they would go out there and kneel at those homecoming tables and they would pray for God to come down in the service. Now you can about imagine when those guys walked down off that mountain they were on praying up there at that altar they had built and come walking down through there and came in church Brother, I'm telling you, it was almost like you had plugged in an appliance or something. Praise God, all of a sudden, the level of worship just went through the roof. Amen. God used to do that kind of stuff. Hadn't seen that in a long time. One, one brother I was telling you about it one Sunday morning here. Many of you probably remember it. There was an old brother in the, in the, in the church there, Brother Parks Anders. And his wife had come to church and received the Holy Spirit baptism and his mother had. And uh, they were, were really excited about the Lord. They came on to church without him. And he was sitting there in his uh, recliner or whatever watching Bonanza on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. And he sat there and got to thinking about, well, what in the world am I doing here? My wife and my mother, all my family has gone to church and I'm sitting here like a rock. And he got up and started walking to church. Walked all the way out Barclay Bridge Road and got over, over there on uh, the highway and started walking down the highway. And as, as he was walking along, he was, he was doing like this. He was laying it out like he was preaching. And he come down the middle aisle of the service. I'll never forget that sight. Came right down that middle aisle and walked right straight down there to that altar and God baptized him in the Holy Spirit that night. Amen. God fills hungry people. He said, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. If you'll knock, it will be opened. If you'll ask, you will receive. Amen. God touches people that, that seek him. He, he, he grants the wishes of those that inquire after him. Was it out there on at Mountain View, Brother Ford? You know where this is, old Brother Morrow out there at the Mountain View Church of God. I preached two or three revivals there. And he was seeking for the Holy Spirit baptism. And he took his old mule out there to, to plow that, that morning. And, and he said he put the reins over the plow stock and walked over and said, well, I'm going to go over here and seek for the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Seek for the Holy Spirit for a few minutes. And... He said he got over there and got carried away praying. And he said it was nearly noon. That old mule was still standing there in that hot sun. He hadn't plowed around. 
hungry for God. Hungry for God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but for every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you're hungry and you thirst after righteousness, they shall be. Did you say filled? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after. I pray to God that this year we will create such a thirst and such a hunger that people will begin to seek after the Lord and seek Him till you find Him. Knock until you till He opens the door. That you ask until you receive. Those are the kind of people that get what they need from God. It's those people that just will not give up. We need to grow in the power, faith in the power of God. I want to tell you, my God is a powerful God. He is an all-powerful God. Is that word omnipotent? Is that what I've taught you before? Omnipotent? Did you know that word is used only one time in the entire Bible? Only one time. And it's in the book of Revelation. And it's from which what you get that hallelujah chorus. For the Lord omnipotent reigneth. The Lord, the all-powerful God is reigning. Do you believe that our great God, who is the king of all the earth, is reigning? Our God reigns. Our God is the all-powerful God and he reigns. He reigns in heaven above with wisdom, power, and might. Our God is an awesome God. Colossians 1 and 16 and 17. For by him all things were created. You believe that our, our God is so powerful that he simply speaks the word and it comes into existence. He simply says, let there be light. And the next verse said, and there was light. What is that? That's a positive response to God's Word. Hey, those guys that tried to arrest him, they came back and said, never a man spake like this man. When Jesus stood up and he said to the winds and the waves, he said, wind, stop your howling. Waves, stop that. Nestle down there. And the Bible said, and there was a great calm. A great calm. And the disciples said, even the winds and the waves obey him. What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Has he ever spoken to you? Have you ever had God to calm troubled waters in your soul? Have you ever called out and cried out to him and said, Oh, God, I need your help. Oh, God, I need your strength. Oh, God, I need you. Please help me, God. I need your help. Praise God. And, and that calm came. That calm came. I'm glad I can preach about an omnipotent God who has all power. That's that same God that stopped that funeral procession and took that dead boy by the hand and said, you get up off of that coffin, hallelujah, and you live. That's the same that's the same God that walked at the pool of Bethsaida and he looked over to a man lying on a cot and he said, do you want to be made whole? Take up your bed and walk. 
That's the same omnipotent God that on the road to Jericho stopped alongside the road and knelt down and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of a blind man and he told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and he came seeing. That's the same God that, that arrived on the shores of Gadara and a man possessed with demons came running to him and knelt before him and he said, my name is Legion for we are many. And the Lord Jesus cast those devils out of that man who was, who was so uh, oppressed and was so driven by that awful, awful dominance of, of Satan's power. And the devils asked Jesus, would you please let us go into that herd of swine? That's the same God, the same God who speaks deliverance, who speaks power, who speaks blessing. The same God who tells us that if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. The same God that tells us, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. The same power of an omnipotent God who does all things well. Oh, what a God he is. Would you give him some praise? same God that stood outside a tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. The same God that stood out on the road to Emmaus and as he was about to ascend, he said, but you shall receive power. I'm going to share this power that I have with you. I'm going away. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to tell the Father that I was your comforter, but I'm going to ask him to send you another comforter. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seest him not, neither knowest him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. Oh, blessed be God, you shall receive power, after that, the Holy Ghost, I would to God we would grow and that we would mature into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, that we would grow up in God, grow up in this power, grow up in this anointing, grow up in this liberty, Brother Mark, to know him like we've never known him before. Know him like we've never known him before. Miracles. God still does miracles, and he says to every one of us, you can have this power too, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God wants you to make a difference in your world and make a difference around all of those things that are going on around you. Jeremiah was such a powerful prophet. He was so powerful and so anointed, never had a convert. In fact, the people hated him because he preached like he did. The reason he preached like he did was he preached that God was not only a God of salvation and a God of grace, he was a God of judgment. And he talks about, about three things in the book of Jeremiah. Number one, he talks that the heart of man is basically desperate and unbelieving and trusts only in itself. Our hearts 
the Bible said, are deceitful. And our hearts are cunning. Our, our hearts, if we're not very careful, our hearts will lead us in the wrong direction. People who tell you just follow your heart, don't do that. Don't do that because the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart will trick you into something you really don't want to do and you don't really need to have. But the Bible tells us that from the heart, when we believe that form of doctrine that was preached unto us, when we accept from the heart that news that Jesus saves and Jesus heals, then we discover the real joy of knowing his peace that passes understanding. The heart is more deceitful than all else. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? Who can know it? The second thing Jeremiah teaches is this. He teaches that the heart of man is basically desperate and unbelieving. Jeremiah 18 and 12. But they will say it's hopeless for we're going to follow our own plans and each of us will act according to the stubbornness of our own evil heart. Third thing that Jeremiah teaches is that the people of his day had forgotten God and had turned their backs on God. Listen to what the Bible says in Jeremiah 18, 15. For my people have forgotten me, and they burn incense to worthless gods, and they've stumbled from their ways and from their ancient past to walk in the bypaths and not on a highway to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing every one that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head i will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy i will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity i will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. You see, sometimes it seems that people's stubbornness and their disobedience to God, their irreverence and disrespect to God goes unnoticed. But I want to tell you, there's an all-seeing God. There's a God who deals rightly with us and He does justly with us. But be not deceived. The day of the Lord will come. Be not deceived, be not deceived by those who would tell you that the resurrection is past already. Don't be deceived by those that would tell you God is too loving, God is too kind. There's no judgment about God. Don't be deceived by that. Because God says in that day when your calamity comes, when trouble comes a-knocking, and you want to call upon him. He said, you won't see my face. You won't see my face. You'll see my back. God help us in 2023 to have faith in the power of God and to know that he is a loving and a kind God, but he's also a God of judgment. 1 Corinthians 2 and 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
there's an issue that we run into when we talk about power and authority, what it means to believers, especially in our culture in this post-modernity. We know that our God dwells in a light that no man can approach to. And our finite mortal minds can only comprehend within the limits of our ability. But God is so powerful and so great and so vast that our mind cannot take it all in. We have a glorious gift of revelation and information in God's eternal word and it gives us light which only pales in view of the Creator's sovereignty and majestic power. We can only see through the glass darkly, but with what the Lord does reveal to us, we will make an attempt to catch a glimpse of His omnipotent power. Omnipotent power. Come on, Olivia, and help me quit. His omnipotent power. You know, if you could live in the nicest and greatest of facilities, eat most nutritious food, have it all, you'd still have to one day keep an appointment that we've all got to make. One day we've all got to keep that appointment. You better know something about His grace and love when that time comes. The power of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20, 19th verse to save some time. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? To usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and He set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. How would you define power today? If I ask you, what's your definition of power? That power means that nothing is beyond the ability of this all-powerful God. Revelation 19.6, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters as the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Jesus made this statement, All power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. And I'm so glad he shares it with us, aren't you? Shares it with us. Can you believe that that early church that I preach about so much, Peter had so much power with God that the Bible said in a certain city they took their sick and they laid them out on the sidewalks. And as Peter walked down the sidewalk, as his shadow passed upon those that were sick, Charles, those people were healed of whatever disease they had. Boy, can you imagine that? Just the shadow. Just the shadow. Just the shadow. Psalm 68, 35, O God, Thou art terrible out of Thy holy places. It means awesome. The God of Israel is He that giveth strength and power unto His people. Blessed be God. Isn't that great? Jesus said this, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, somebody say nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
Not a hair. Not a hair. Not a hair on your head will perish because you're kept, say this with me, kept by the power of God. Wow. Wow, what a verse that is. Kept by the power of God. Lord, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. The Apostle Paul said that I may know him. That I may know him. That I may know him. Do you know him? I said, does anybody here know him? Do you know him? If you know him, you know that he's the omnipotent God. If you know him, you know that all things consist by the word of his mouth. If you know him, you know that he's the creator God. If you know him, you know that he's the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in him, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. Do you know him? Do you know him? If you know him, you know that no power can resist his power. Do you know him? If you know him, you know that he's coming back one day to catch away waiting saints. Do you know him? Are you ready? Are you waiting to meet him? If you're waiting to meet him, clap your hands to the glory of God. Stand your feet all over this house. Hallelujah. All power. Touch your neighbor and say, all power. All power. All power. By his word, he gives to all people life, breath, and all things. The Hebrew writer says he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact representation of his nature. He upholds everything. Everything exists and persists by the word of his mouth. Can you believe that? That son this morning got permission from God to come up this morning. Last night when it came sunset time, the son said, Lord, can I go to bed now? Every wave that rolls up on the beaches of this planet, do it by permission of God. Storms, stars, everything consists by the word of his mouth. You spoke the word and all the world came into order. You raised your hand and planets filled the empty skies. You placed a woman and a man inside the garden. And though they fell, they found compassion in your eyes. Oh, Lord, I stand amazed at the wonder of your deeds. Yet a greater wonder brings me to my knees. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Not for all the mighty things that you have done. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. 
You're all the reason that I need to voice your praise because of who you are. Hallelujah. Because of who he is. Because of who you are. Praise that wonderful name. Praise that wonderful name. Somebody say, praise that wonderful name. Bless that wonderful name. Sam, they used to pick that guitar and bait on that tambourine. Say, Bless that wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, that's old and that's Pentecostal, Brother Jerry. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. I love it. T, come on up here, sister. I want you to pray a prayer for us this morning. Praise God. If you've never heard T pray, I'm going to tell you something. That woman can pray a hole through the sky. Doc, you've got a praying woman right there, I'm telling you, brother. Come on up here where Brother Jerry is. Thank you, Jesus. It has indeed been a wonderful year. Can we just sing this song to just thank the Lord for his goodness? We are kept by the power of the Lord. Yes. We are kept by the power of the Lord. Day by day, night by night, kept by the power of the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's been a turbulent year, but the Lord has been faithful. Yeah. Can we just sing this song to just thank him? Because it's by his grace that we are not consumed. We are kept by the power of the Lord. Yes. Think about it. We are kept by the power of the Lord. Yes. Yes. Day by day, night by night. Yes. Kept by the power of the Lord. Yeah. Father, we thank you. You yeah. said when we praise the Lord, the land will yield our increase. Father, we thank you for the blessings of the last year. We thank you for the blessings that's gone ahead of us into this new year. Yeah. And so, Father, with all of our heart, we say thank you, Jesus. We say, blessed be your name, O Lord. We say, be thou exalted in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Lord, you have always been faithful. Even when you are not faithful, you cannot deny yourself you are forever faithful. And so, Father, we say thank you this morning for the grace even to see another year. We give all the glory to you. We give yes. all the blessings to you. We give all the adoration to you. Yes. Father, if all the hairs of our heads are tongue, they are not enough to thank you. They are not enough to worship and adore you. Father, take our thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this praise and worship, O oh Lord, come before the throne of grace as a sweet smelling aroma. Father, be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. Father, there are a lot of people here this morning hurting, looking onto your face that, Lord, is a new year. How is it going to be? But we trust you, Father. We rest in your love and care. 
we know. You say, say to the righteous, it is well with them. Father, we are here by the righteousness and the blood of Jesus, and I declare it is well with you in the name Amen. of Jesus. No matter what that pain, what that concern is, Father, we lay it right in front of you, in your presence tonight, this morning, Father, and we know it is settled in Jesus' name. You said in the book of Isaiah that you will do a new thing. You said it shall spring forth. You said we should not remember the former things. Father, we thank you. We rest in your love, Father. We will not remember the former things. We will go on to the new thing you are doing in the name of Jesus Christ. It is a new dawn. It is a new beginning. It is a new era. Father, we just worship you. We march into our glory in the name of Jesus Christ. We march into the fullness of the blessings you have in store for us this morning in Jesus' name. You receive the grace, O oh Lord, to be obedient to you. Even as the man of God has told us about obedience, it's even better than sacrifice. Father, a heart of obedience. Because you said, you tell us, this is the way walk they are in. Father, the grace to listen to you and walk there, even when it looks stupid to the world. Father, we see that grace and a heart of obedience to walk in your presence in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We we'll bless your name. You said it is springing forth. That new thing is springing forth. Father, we thank you. We worship you. Father, I declare over your people, it is well with you in the name of Jesus. You shall go forth and be a blessing in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord shall enlarge your coast. It shall enlarge your territory in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. As you go into this new year, you will see no evil in Jesus' name. No evil will come near you and no plague will come near your dwelling in Jesus' name. The Lord is a God of covenant. I declare today yeah. that as you go out, O oh Lord, you will return in peace in Jesus' name. Yeah. Anytime you step out safely, you shall go out safely. You shall return in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Lord will order your steps aright in Jesus' name. The Lord will wipe away your tears in Jesus' name. The Lord will give you a new beginning in Jesus' name. He is the healer. Let the healing virtue begin to flow into every area of life in Jesus' name. Yeah. In the body, in the mind, in the soul, Lord. Father, we receive healing by the blood of Jesus. In our finances, we receive healing in Jesus' name. In our career, we receive healing by the blood of Jesus. In our homes, in our marriages, in our relationships, we receive healing by the blood of Jesus. Lord, even in the church of God, we receive healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Because we said... You will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Father, we receive healing in the church in Jesus' name. We receive grace for expansion, for fruitfulness, for increase in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. We worship you because we know it is a, a new time. It's a new dawn. It's a new season in the name of... We march into that new thing you are doing in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare this is the year of new beginnings. This is the year of first. Yes, of initiations, of blessings, of glory in Jesus' name. Father, we'll bless your name. Father, we just worship you. Father, we do not know how to pray. We ask, oh Lord, that you pray for us in Jesus' name. Because you are the God that will do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond what we can ever think or ask. Father, we worship you. Blessed be your name, O oh Lord. Father, as a church, we lift up your ministers. You have been using them, O oh Lord, to bless the church. Father, we pray for them and their families in Jesus' name. We pray for Pastor Jerry, are we? We pray for Pastor Ford. We pray for Pastor. Um, we pray for Pastor Don. Father, we pray. Oh Lord, we pray that you uphold them in the name of Jesus Christ. As you are using them to bless the church, we pray that you bless them more abundantly in Jesus' name. We live their their homes, their families, their spouses, their children, their grandchildren. Father, we pray that great will rest upon them in Jesus' name. You have uphold them. Oh Lord, you will keep them even to the very end in Jesus' name. They will not miss heaven. They will not miss eternity in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Blessed be your name, oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray.